0: Well, this week, as I was um, diving back into the scripture, um, I had this memory of this um, piece of philosophy that I had to read in Divinity School. Um, It's by a gentleman named Michel de Strateau. And he has this essay called Walking in the City. It's a 20- or 30-year-old essay, but he tells the story about this time he was in New York, and he's standing at the top of one of the tallest buildings in the city, and he's looking down over it. And he sees all of New York. And if you've ever been in the top of of the Rockefeller Center or the Empire State Building, New York City looks like a city that is kind of built on top of itself. It's almost like kids' building blocks that are just sort of leaned against one another, and it's a, it's a very almost haphazard city. But from this vantage point, um, Des looks at it and says, you know, there, there are really two ways to understand how a city comes to be what it is. He says, you can look at it from the top, and you can look down on it and see the planning, where you you look at the whole picture and say, we need a road here, and a new building here. And you sort of have this, almost like a godlike vision of it from the top. But he says, if you've spent any time in a city, you know that there's another way in which cities come to be what they are, a little less formal way. He says, you can be walking down the street, and you'll see a grassy patch and there will be a pathway carved out on the grass. Nobody planned it that way, but after day after day of people walking that path, it becomes a path. And these paths become part of the city. They weren't planned from above. Nobody said we need a pathway there, but people in their day-to-day lives said, we're going to walk here anyways. And so I bet if you walked around Purdue's campus, you would see this. Purdue has all of these planned buildings and pathways, but I guarantee you, if you walked around, you would find some unplanned pathways. And so for Surtout, this is part of the way in which we can understand how something becomes a city or a community, that you can plan it, but a lot of it is just what people do because they've decided they're going to do it. And whether there's a sidewalk or not, they're going to tread that ground. And so as we approach the book of Acts, we've been talking a lot about how the apostles and the disciples and following Jesus are kind of going through this period of having their perception of the world opened up and expanded. There's this question of who's in and who's out, and the gospel keeps making their understanding of who is and in in bigger. It keeps changing their perspective on the world. And today we're going to hear a story that sounds an awful lot like getting out and walking new paths that sounds an awful lot like making a way in the world where maybe there wasn't one before. And so with that in mind, I invite you to hear the story of Paul and Silas walking through their world. Acts chapter 16 reads, During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the same vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, we remained in the city for some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who, women who had gathered there, and a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us, and she was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed on us. May God bless this reading. So something very odd happens in the 16th chapter of Acts. It's the only place in the entire Bible this happens. The voice changes. Did you notice that in the reading today? We begin by saying, during the night, Paul had a vision, saying to him, it's all third person, and then suddenly you get to verse sixteen eleven and it says, we set sail. It's odd, right? You don't read the Gospels and hear them saying, well, then we follow Jesus to the river, and then we and us, were, we were together. You don't hear the first person voice in the narrative scriptures. But for some reason, in this chapter in Acts, it does. It's an odd switch to to change voices like this in the middle of a reading. And you know, I I don't know why they do that in the scripture. I, I was not in the mind of Luke when he wrote this. But I imagine that it's supposed to be instructive. We're supposed to read it and say, oh, this means something. And so today I have this thought that you know, I think it says something about the early church and the formation of these communities as they try to follow Jesus. What it says is that this is not a story of casual observers. These are not people who are telling stories of someone else. These are not sort of sideline dwellers. It's, it's not a story of armchair evangelists. These are people who are there, who are in the world. It, it's people who have a stake in this journey, who have skin in the game. And so I think that changing the perspective to the first person makes you realize that these aren't just some abstract people. These, these are people on a journey together. And so we've been talking these past two weeks about this, about how Acts tells the story of the apostles having their, their perception of the world changed and transformed. That following Jesus means changing the way in which you live and practice. And so today we hear in a very real, physical way that the way in which you have your mind changed about the world and about who people are within it is to get out there and experience it. To get out there and meet those who are in the world. The gospel requires us to be in the world, to be engaging with creation and with people, to be meeting them where they are and not making presuppositions about who they are from back here, but to actually walk the paths. And so what we read in Acts is the story of the apostles, they, we, walking through creation and meeting people who just don't quite fit the categories that they think they should be. Just a few chapters earlier than this in the book of Acts, they meet this guy named Timothy. And Timothy is an interesting person because, so we've all heard that in the biblical times there were two groups of people. There were Jews and there were Greeks, Gentiles and Jews. We've heard this, we know this. Well, Timothy adds a third category because one of his parents is Jewish and one of them is Greek. And so Timothy is both. And so from the outside perspective, we'll look at the world and we'll say, well, we can divide it into two worlds, Jews and Greeks. But when you actually get onto the ground, it's not that clean, is it? There are at least three groups of people, and I would go out on a limb and say there are more than that. We just don't always meet them. And so if you were thinking about the gospel from the sky-high, top-of-the-building world, you you would separate it into these neat categories and say the world is like this. But as soon as you get on the ground out there, you realize that it is just simply more complicated than that. And the gospel, when you are on the ground, requires us to expand our perception of who people are, of how they are in the world. We meet people like Timothy, who are both Jew and Greek. So today our reading continues with our, with our intrepid explorers who are in the city of Philippi, who are preaching outside of a place of prayer to a group of women. And there is a woman described in this who is a person of some stature, a person who has some wealth, and she overhears them. You know, if you were part of our Wednesday night uh, book study of uh, Rob Bell's, What is the Bible? He has this chapter in which he talks about the early church was often bankrolled by women, which is not often how we think of it, as in the women had the money and the houses and gave them places, and Lydia is an example of that. She's a trader of cloth, somebody of stature. But I think... What is really intriguing about this passage today is if we think about what this early movement of followers of Jesus were, Jesus was essentially a homeless Jew from the outskirts of the empire who was humiliated on a cross. He is not the image we think of of grandeur or of wealth or of power. And so when we meet this woman, Lydia, and she is drawn to it, I wonder if there is a sense that there might be some people thinking, well, this Jesus isn't for you. You're powerful. You have wealth and money. And yet, she wants to be an anchor for the community. And so again, we have followers of Jesus with their presuppositions of who this is and isn't for. And once they get out there into the world, they realize that their ideas of who this is or isn't for, they're not going to work anymore. (laughs) They have to get rid of some of the categories they have about who is in and who is out, who this is for and who this isn't for. And this, this is a large part of the book of Acts. The work of God is out there. It is, after all, the work of a God who, who rather than remain elevated, away from us, heavenly, separated, chose to come down and take on flesh and walk with us, And so the story of that God can never be about being elevated over, being beyond, being outside of creation. For the story of God is the story that calls us into the world, to be a part of it, to walk new paths, to walk where others have walked or maybe where others haven't walked yet. And so as followers, we are called to get out there, to be a part of the world. And as we do that, we will find out that the community of God is not really restricted to one kind of people. There's not one group of people for whom this message is for. It is for all people, regardless of their background, And in this way, the church really is at its best when it's not too homogenous. The church is at its best when it doesn't look one way, when it's not just one group of people, but when it's a collection of people with different languages and voices and ideas and beliefs. The church is best when it learns to get beyond the categories that separate us. but there is something about stepping out that can be scary. There is something about the journey of following Christ, of of getting out of our comfort zones that that can be off-putting. Because once we, once all of us, I am no exception, once we have found our comfort zone, it can be hard to venture beyond that place. We like to stay there, to remain there where everything's familiar. And this isn't just true for the church, right? We, we know that in our world this is not just true of the church. We live in a world in which people are continually siloing themselves off. These are my people. These are not my people. We live in this world of these divisions. And unfortunately, we often demonize those other people, right? Those people. We have the right answer. Those people, you don't want to be with those people. And yet, that is what Christ calls us to. If you read the story of Jesus, it, I imagine disciples, or Jesus's followers, the disciples being so frustrated with him, because they go to the to the the city that they're all familiar with, and I, I imagine the disciples walking towards the synagogue, and Jesus is like, "I'm going to go to this well where this woman who I'm not supposed to talk to is, and talk to her instead." And I imagine the disciples being like, no, 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 we need to go this way. Jesus is continually wandering off the paths that he is supposed to follow. He does this to know people, to show them love, to accept them where they are. And in this way, Christ calls us to do the same, to get to know people who aren't like us, to love and to accept others. In this way, the work of God is the breaking down of the boundaries that separate us. Yes, we are different. No, that is not a reason to not be together. Jesus' ministry is the disruption of the divisions between us. And it happens when we get to know those who are different than us, when we see them for who they are, for the humanity they share, for all, all of us, And all of the world are created in the image of God. But we have to be willing to get out there and do it. To get out there and walk in places where we are uncomfortable. I had a campus minister in college who had this this quote on his desk. It was framed. It was from a guy named John Shedd. And he, he said this once a ship is a ship in a harbor is safe but that's not what ships are for so the point being you can build a ship and you can park it and it will never wreck it also won't carry anything anywhere so to we when we are in our familiar places we are safe when everybody speaks the same way we do when everybody has the same understandings as us when everybody looks like we do we are safe But that's not what we were made for. We were made to be in community with all of this beautiful creation that God has made and all of the beautiful people that God has put here. And so we listen to the story of Acts and we realize that our story has to change. When we tell the story of the gospel, it cannot be what they did, it cannot be the story of those people and the work that they did. It has to become what we did, where we went the pathways that we treaded. For we live in a world in which there's a need for people to walk new pathways. Where we must create new ways of being in the world together. So we learn from the story of Acts that we must change our perspective. They, them, he, her, has to be we. As in we are going on an adventure. We don't know what it's going to be like. We can't promise it'll be safe. But it is where God is calling us. We are going into the world on an adventure to find the places in which God is making creation new, bringing all things into new life. We are going into the world to do the work of God. Amen.